Welcome to Palm Vista Community Church. Today we begin a new four-part series. We've entitled the series, Now Boarding from Gate to Go. Now Boarding from Gate to Go. And this morning's message is the first in the four-part series. And really what the series is about is the following. This is our biblical vision of how the gospel works at Palm Vista, how the gospel works at Palm Vista. And the title of this morning's message is Gospel Unity, Gospel Unity. And to that end, please turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And as you turn there, I want to pray that God would unite our hearts underneath his word and by his spirit, open our eyes animate our faith, and yes, unite us under his word that we might be fruitful for the sake of the gospel. So let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would give us your grace. Lord, I I pray that you would give me grace now to preach your word in such a way that it would bring you glory and honor. Lord, give me the grace to articulate what you once said to this congregation this congregation whom you love so very much. Lord, thank you. Thank you for building us up. Thank you for gathering us as your people this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, the gospel is what defines us. The gospel is what unites us as a church. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel isn't an it. The gospel is a person. We believe that the gospel is Jesus Christ, his virgin birth, his perfect life lived for you and me, his sacrificial death on the cross for our sins, his resurrection from the dead for the forgiveness of our sins, his ascension into heaven back to the glory of the Father, and I might add, a glory that he promises to share with us when he returns. This is the gospel. This is what defines us. This is what gives us our identity. And before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave us our gospel mission. So that's the gospel. And now here's our gospel mission. It's in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And let's read that gospel mission together. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here's here's the deal. We... Never move on from the gospel. But the gospel moves us on to make disciples. This is our gospel mission. This is what God has called us to do. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he's called us to go into all the nations to make disciples of Jesus with the gospel. Jesus who is the gospel. His life, death, resurrection, ascension. With that power... In the power of the Holy Spirit, 
We are called to make disciples. He's with us until the end of the age. He calls us to unite underneath the gospel and to then make disciples with the gospel. And so our agreement underneath that gospel mission and our agreement underneath the process of making a disciple is what will produce in us, by God's grace, by the gospel, gospel unity, that then produces this fruit of making disciples. So our desire for these next four Sundays, beginning with this Sunday, is to lay out for you the process of making a disciple at Palm Vista. Okay, Al, tell me, how can I grow to be like Jesus? Al, how can I make a disciple? Al, how can I do what Jesus has called me to do? What is the process at Palm Vista for someone, let's just go from the very beginning, to be saved then to grow in Christ, to be fruitful in the church, to be discipled, that their family might grow, that their kids might grow, that we might then, how can we serve our community? What is that process, Al? Because as we unite, not only under the objective, indicative truths of the gospel, which I think we unite under, Jesus Christ, his life, death, resurrection, ascension, he's coming back. But also then the practical outworking of that gospel. How does that work at Palm Vista? That's what these next four weeks are. They're foundational to our future as a church. They're foundational as we stand together. They're foundational as we walk in gospel unity. As we fulfill this commission, this mission statement that God has given us. What we're going to seek to answer in these next four weeks is, what is the discipleship process at Palm Vista? What's our goal? What's God's goal? Gospel unity. This is what Jesus prayed for. Make them one, Father. Make them one, Father, so that the world would know that you sent me. That's what Jesus prayed. Make them one, Father, so that the gospel would shine into the darkness. Listen, it's dark out there. And as my grandchildren would say, it's very, very scary. Now, we laugh at that, but, but when you wake up at 2 in the morning worried if you're going to be able to pay the bills, or at 3 in the morning like I do, and are concerned about, where's my life going, and what's happening, and, and all of a sudden that conflict comes to mind, and that thing comes to mind, and that thing that's undone comes to mind, and then all of a sudden you start remembering, I've got to change the oil in my car, and I may have a flat tire, and did I put gas in the car? I wonder how Stephanie's doing. Is she home yet? And then, and then and the darkness just goes, I have this mask over you. But it's in those moments that the gospel then shines. Look, it's got to shine in us. It's got to shine in us together so that then it shines out there. You know what's interesting, church? Sonia had no idea that the next song that we were going to sing is God of the City. And she comes up with, I think the Lord just showed me a picture. Dark room, pinpoint light. Some people in darkness look at the light. Christ is the light. And the song is about the light. Now, I'm suspecting that Corey's moved, moved, moved by that, shared the scripture he was sharing. But, but proper pastoral application. Listen to me. God's speaking to us this morning about the motif of darkness and light. Jesus is the light. And the way it shines brightest is when we're together on the same sheet of music, same playbook. You know, I got to always bring it back to sports, right? So sorry. So if your team is running a pass play and my team is running a running play, excuse me, if you are running a pass play and I'm running a running play and we're on the same team, on the same line of scrimmage, that play is not going to work. What we're wanting to do these next four weeks is by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus under the gospel of Jesus Christ. Say, here's the playbook. 
We all agree on the gospel, but how does it work at Palm Vista? How do I get discipled, Al? How about my kids? How does this work here? That's where we're going. You ready? All right. Before we talk about the discipleship process, don't we need to define what is a disciple? What is a disciple? If I were to ask you, what is a disciple? Don't answer me. I know, she almost fainted. Uh, What would you say? What would you say? Well, how about if we go to the scriptures? How about if we go to the scripture that's right there in front of you? Imagine that. According to Matthew 28, a disciple of Jesus Christ is, firstly, one who connects or is connected by God, firstly to himself and then to others. Where do you get that, Al? Well, first of all, if you look at verse 19b, it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That speaks of a connection. That speaks of a connection. And we believe at this church that the primary connection is my connection with God. I cannot connect with God on my own. No one seeks after God. No one wants to be connected from God. Everybody is running as fast as they can to get disconnected from God. Leave me alone, God. That's the story of mankind. That's why we're in the problems that we are in. But the Bible teaches us that God says, I'm going to choose my people and I'm going to, be, I'm going to connect them to me in Christ. That's why... As they go to preach the gospel, they're baptizing. Oh, not yet, not yet, my friend. Back to the scripture. That's why as we're preaching the gospel, we are baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is God's work, God's word to connect us to himself, but also to connect us to one another. We're connected to one another. That is a disciple. One whom God has connected to himself, by definition, becomes a Christian, converted. That's something God does. Yes, we respond, but God does it. And then one who's connected to others. Well, what's a a further description of a disciple? Well, secondly, one who grows in the conformity in the image of Christ. Keep the scripture up there. And that's the part where it says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Remember, Jesus is talking here. So a disciple is one who is conformed into the image of Christ. He's one who is becoming like Christ. How can I do that, Al? How does God change me from someone who thinks his own way or her own way about whatever topic, marriage, about anything? I want to think my way. Forget about God's way. How do I am then conformed into the image of Christ, conformed to what he has taught us? Well, that's by the power of the Spirit. We're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm with you always. He's with us by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us. So a disciple is one who's connected by God to God and others. It's one, he's one who grows in the conformity to the image of Christ through the gospel, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, according to this text, a disciple is one who goes out and makes disciples. Do you see that? Verse 19a, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. So, according to this next slide, a disciple can be summed up as one who in Christ, and I'm putting this in the first person plural, we, So this is our confession, right? We are these disciples and we're seeking by the grace of God to make disciples like this. A disciple is in Christ, we connect. We're connected by God and then we connect with one another. We grow into the image of Christ, to the conformity of all that he's taught and we go to make disciples. So this 
is a disciple. What's the process? What's the process? How do we do this? Well, we do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. But, but there, is, there is a biblical way, I believe, that's laid out in the book of Ephesians that talks to us about how this process is done. So leaving that, doc, that diagram up there, this is a disciple, one who connects, grows, and goes. The book of Ephesians gives us a wonderful way to take a look at this process. And the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, gives us the gospel. So if you go read Ephesians this afternoon, go home and read it right away. It'll be more fun than watching the dolphins play, trust me. Sorry. So the first three chapters of Ephesians give us the gospel. What it is. What God has done for us. The fact that he chose us before the foundations of the world. The fact that we were homeless. We were without a family. Without any promises. We were lost under his wrath. And by Jesus Christ he came and he died for us. And he saved us. And he brought us. And then chapter 3 talks about this love. This incredible love. The first three chapters are the gospel facts. The last three chapters are the gospel acts. The work of the gospel. Now that this is true of me, and this is true of the gospel, what am I to do? What is God's plan? And I believe in these last three chapters, we find this discipleship process, and that's what we're wanting to tease out in these next four weeks. So look at Ephesians 4, 1 to 3 on the screen. Paul writing, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. The therefore points back to chapters 1 to 3. I therefore, I because of the gospel, I because God called you before the foundations of the world, I because you were under his wrath, but in Christ he gave you his mercy, I because you were homeless and without uh, family, you were orphans, but then he adopted you in Christ. I therefore... A prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. That's the gospel calling. That's what we've been called with, this irresistible call to Christ. Verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. See, the gospel unites us together in this disciple-making process. And if you skip down to verses 11 and 12 of Ephesians 4, Paul goes on to write this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. See that word, work of ministry? That phrase? That's that's the gospel. That's the gospel at work. The work of ministry is the work of the gospel to make disciples. I mean, Paul was aware of Jesus' command. Paul knows that we're to make disciples. He's now writing to this church in Ephesus, which, by the way, is very close to where some of those guys that Gary was praying for. It's in modern-day Turkey. It's very close to that. So 2,000 years later, that work is still going on, and Paul is writing to that church, and he's saying, listen, God has given apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. The work of ministry is making disciples with the gospel. That's gospel work. Corey Smidgen and I are those shepherds or pastors, 
and teachers. And what we're called to do is to equip you, to teach you. We're, we're, we're teaching you from the scripture. We're saying to you, hey, good morning. It's Sunday morning. Did you know that this is the gospel? And did you know that that gospel calls you to make disciples? You're going like, yeah, thank you for equipping me. Thank you for teaching me. Because this gospel mission is, is empowered by the Spirit. It's based on the truths of the gospel. And we're all called to have unity in that process. And this series is to lay out that process. Now, in order to help us remember the process, we've come up with an illustration. Remember this Chapter 4 began with maintaining the unity of the Spirit, this gospel unity. That's the title of this sermon. And so to, to kind of lay out the discipleship process, we've come up with an illustration. No illustration is perfect by any means. Every illustration has its limitations, but it can help us communicate the disciple-making process. It can make it memorable, and it can help us to understand what is the Bible saying here? What are these texts saying here? So this morning, I'm going to walk us through this process in a sort of like a a 20,000 foot level. I'm going to fly over the process, 20,000 feet. Actually, let's go down to 10,000 feet. All right, let's go down to 5,000 feet, maybe 1,000 feet, okay? So we're going to fly by at 1,000 feet. We're going to take a look at the process. The next three weeks, we're we're going to land the plane, get out of the plane, and walk around the process. So next week, we're going to walk around Connect. I will be walking around Connect. Whoa. And the week after that, we're going to walk around grow. And we're going to be trying to understand what does it mean to grow, right? And then the third week, we're going to walk around go. So today, we're, we're flying by at 1,000 feet to understand this overview of the discipleship-making process at Palm Vista. You ready? First, thank you. First, connect. Remember, the disciple is one who's connected by God to to God through Christ and one who connects to others and he's connected to others in the church the church (laughs) that's the place where the connection happens and in our illustration which is a travel illustration we want you to imagine that you are flying somewhere all right now, the only reason you're on this trip is because God has chosen you. He's given you eternal life, and he has called you. And you've responded to his irresistible call, and by his grace, you have made a profession of faith. But as you're flying to this destination, destination discipleship, you, you've bought a ticket. Buying a ticket is deciding to be a member at Palm Vista. There are some that are in line right now to buy a ticket. They're not sure if they're going to buy the ticket. They're online. I meet with them every morning at 9.30 in the morning, and they're listening to me talk about Palm Vista, and they're deciding whether to hit that button to buy that ticket. It's, it's a wonderful ticket. It's a wonderful def- destination, all right? As a matter of fact, I found out that one person in that class, he and I went to the same elementary school, junior high school, and high school, and I've never met anybody like that. I've met people that have gone to the same junior high and high school, but not elementary Now, I'm 45,000 years older than he is, but we did go to the same elementary, junior high, and high school. (laughs) All right, so you bought your ticket, all right? So if you haven't bought a ticket yet, if you're just sitting in here, let me just tell you, this is how you buy your ticket, okay? You go online, and you take Connect 101. Actually, you actually come here and take Connect 101. The next one will be taught in in the winter. You go through that class, you do an interview with us, and if you decide, yes, I want to buy that ticket, then we have a new member Sunday, and that Sunday is going to be December the 6th, where we're going to welcome in these new members. That Sunday, we're going to have a big potluck, right? We're not calling it potluck, are we? Whatever we're calling it. 
what did Cal call it? He didn't call it a potluck. A sovereignty supper. Thank you. In the name of Cal, a sovereignty supper or a potluck or whatever you want to call it. We're going to have food. <laughs> and then on that Sunday, after we welcome new members, at the end of that service, we're going to go outside and baptize some of those new members because a few of them have not been baptized as believers. Guess what we're doing, church? Yeah, what Jesus told us to do back in Matthew 28, go and preach the gospel to all the nations. Sorry, Desi, I'm a little close to you. Go to preach the gospel to all the nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 2,000 years later, we're still doing it, okay? And after we baptize them, then we're going to have a big meal. Some of you are going to make your great dishes that I love so much, and we're going to eat and have fun out there, and the church is going to be built. So that's, that's that connect piece, It happens primarily on Sunday mornings. That's buying your ticket. And if you haven't done that yet, I urge you to consider doing that. And if you have done that, then I congratulate you because that buying that ticket has brought you to the gate. Remember the title of the series, Now Boarding, from gate, membership, to go. We'll get to go in just a moment. Thanks for buying your ticket. You've gotten up early. You've bought your ticket. And the place that that happens primarily is Sunday mornings for us. Where do we connect? Where does God connect us to himself and to one another? Primarily it's Sunday morning. Look, like I said, every illustration has its limits. I realize connections occur other places. But for the sake of simplicity, we've chosen one primary vehicle for each phase of the discipleship process. You want to be a disciple? Come to church. It's not complicated. What's the process here by which I can grow in God? And There aren't any classes. Yeah, here's the process. Set your alarm for 9 o'clock. On a Sunday, after you watched your team do battle on a Saturday, either victoriously or not, (laughs) just come to church, just show up, show up, show up, show up, show up, show up. Why? Because here, you're going to hear the word of God. We are under, we're united under the word of God. There it is, under us. We're united at 9.30, and and all joking aside, under the word of God as Corey teaches the Grow Course. We're united under the word of God as I'm teaching Connect 101. We had fun today. Today we talked about the church. I told them I'm going to be preaching this again in just a few minutes here. Okay? So that's the Connect piece. Next. Next. Once you get to the gate... You've done the check-in. You've gotten the kids up. You're seated at the gate. We're connected here at the gate. Here we are, Sunday morning. But that's not enough. Remember, what's the goal? We're taking a trip. Okay? We're taking a trip. So in order for me to take that trip, it's not enough to buy the ticket, to check in, to go through all the security, to sit down, and I'm at the gate. I'm at the gate looking at all of you. Who are you? You know, who are you over there? What's the next step? That's the grow piece, the middle one. That is represented by boarding the flight. Boarding the flight. It's not enough to buy the ticket and check in at the gate. It's crazy if you did that and didn't board the flight. Now boarding. Now boarding. And that occurs primarily in our community groups. Also in our singles, in our youth groups, in the small groups. This is where, friends, we we start becoming conformed to the image of Christ. This is where Jesus takes us and we start becoming conformed into what he's taught us in his word. How does that work out in my life? As, As the community group met in my house on Sunday night and we started talking about what does it mean that Jesus rose from the dead when I just buried my mother? 
We had a family there. He buried his mother. How, how does that work out in my life? How does it work out in your life? How can I conform my thinking about God, myself, and others and my desires to what Jesus taught me? Because all my life I've thought one way and now the Bible's having me think another way. How do, what does that look like in my life? What does it look like in your life? We open up, we're vulnerable, we're connected, and we're growing together. We're going to spend a whole sermon preaching on that. Corey's going to be preaching there. Listen, community group is where the rubber meets the road. It's where these two texts right here in Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, we're going to preach these a little bit more intensely on that Sunday, but I'm going to give you a little sampling of the grow piece. When when Paul writes this, this is the discipleship process. Listen to what he says to the Ephesians. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. That's discipleship. Grow up into Christ. Be more like Christ. Conform my thinking to Christ. From whom Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The growing part is when I'm connected to you. You're connected to me, and we become real. See, if I'm going to Botswana from Miami, Botswana, If you can figure out where it is, your dad will buy you a Starbucks free, okay? And I'm sitting at the gate, and I'm looking at you, and you're looking at me. That's one thing. But the moment they say, now boarding, flight 124 to Botswana, and I get up, and I walk in, and all of a sudden, we start going like this, and then, oh, excuse me, no, you first. You know, we're like, you know, and then I got to get, you know, my my overhead luggage, and I'm kind of hitting you in the head with my elbow, and I'm like, and you're opening your eyes, and you're, woof, and then, you know, and then you close it, and then I sit down next to you, and then comes the fight, right? If you're in the center, do you get one of the armrests? Do the people on the side have to give you the middle armrests? Or if you've ever been around those people, they just take them both. That's it. It's over. There's no discussion. I got them both. I'm not even talking to you. All right? And then the baby behind you starts kicking your chair and you're going like this. You're thinking, I'm going to be with these people to Botswana? Yeah, welcome to community group. (laughs) But you're not getting to Botswana if you don't board the flight. I don't think you're going to grow if you don't come to community group. Humbly, as much as I can tell you as much as we're trying to build a church by the grace of God according to the process that God has given us, there may be other people that build differently. I get that. I respect that. I love them. But here, what we're saying is, as we read this, our conscience is constrained by this word that speaking the truth in love to one another, that's when I sit in my living room and talk to Lucy about what this scripture means, and she's talking to me about it, and how do we apply it? And it's messy, and it's crazy, and it's fun, and there are nights that are like, that was great, and there are nights like, can this end now? Even the snacks are bad tonight. <laughs> we having water? Not even ice. And then there's some nights that, you know, people just create these luxurious meals and drinks. It's like, oh, this is great. And people are crying and we're praying and the Spirit of God's there. It's like, great. But they're both and. The whole trip to Botswana isn't glorious, is it? There are some parts of it there are and there's some parts of it that aren't. But this is how we're going to grow. This is how we're going to grow. This is how we're going to grow. We'll talk more about that in the third week. And finally, the go piece. The go piece. Here it is. Wouldn't it be crazy if I land in Botswana 
after my 13-hour flight with the crying baby across the way from me. And the pilot says, we've now landed in Botswana. Grab your stuff and get off. And I just sit there. Everybody gets up. I just sit in the plane. Oh, it's a nice trip. I'm glad we got here. It looks beautiful. I'm going to take some pictures. I'm going to blog about this. I'm going to tweet about this. I'm going to Instagram about this. I'm going to Snapchat about it. I'm running out of things that I don't even know what they are, but I've heard people talk about them. I'm going to do whatever it is that people do to make it look like my life is really cool because I went to Botswana, but I never got off the plane to actually experience Botswana. Go. Go. And that's represented by disembarking at the uh, destination. Destination, yes, discipleship. Destination, discipleship and making disciples. And when I had the opportunity to walk around, we land on that one in three weeks. And I start, we start walking around the go piece. We're going to talk about our ministry teams. We're going to talk about how we can uh, sort of uh, activate ministry out. Some of that is ministry in. You just saw the worship team right here. These guys were here early in the morning. You had the setup team, Tyler and, and Enrique and, and different ones here and the smidgens and, and others that set up the church. So there, there are ministry teams inwardly that we serve the church and then there are ministry teams outwardly where we're sharing the gospel, we're doing good works in our community. We need to grow in that area. I'm not lying to you, okay? But, but we're going to grow as we come underneath the authority of God's word and as we come underneath the, the game plan and everybody says, yeah, that's the play. You're going to run play X. I'm going to run play X, not X, not Y. As we're, as we're connected in church and we're faithful there, as we're coming to the uh, Bible 45 classes, as we're faithful to community group and we said, we're going to connect to one another. The purpose here is to grow together. And then as we commit to a ministry team and we say, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to go and make disciples. I realize you can make disciples other ways than ministry teams. I get that. You should be doing it personally. But remember, illustrations are limited. We're going to use one major way to fulfill that part of being a disciple. So here's my appeal. Here's my appeal to you, and I I believe it's God's appeal. That each of us embrace this morning the biblical definition of a disciple. Study it for yourself. As you study Matthew 28, study what Jesus said uh, we just can't, got through preaching Mark. What he said, what's a true disciple? One who denies himself, right? Takes up his cross daily. I'm just laughing because of some of the situations that we all find ourselves in in these various times, whether it's waking up early on a Sunday morning, whether it's going to a community group that's maybe, you know, less than stellar, stellar whether it's serving on a ministry team when, I, when I'm trying to, you know, when I'd rather be doing other things, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deny myself, I'm going to take up my cross, the gospel empowers me to do that, and then I'm going to follow Jesus. Because that's what Jesus did. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. So that, that embrace this definition of a disciple, that we would get back on the same page. We'd be singing off the same sheet of music. It doesn't sound good if I'm singing one song and you're singing another. Or even we're singing the same song, but different tunes, different keys. God would tune us up in a good way. I know that may have a bad connotation to some, but he, he could tune us together to sing together. And then we would make beautiful music. And God would begin to use us as we connect, as we grow, and as we go. Here's the question. Where are you in the process? So my question is, have you checked in? Are you a member? Are you connecting to God and one another as you gather faithfully together each Sunday for instruction from God's word to worship God together, to fellowship with one another? That's the connect piece, primarily Sunday mornings. Have you boarded the flight? 
That's the community group piece. Are you growing together with others in the church through regular participation in community group? Have you found your seat on the plane, growing along with others in personal and corporate godliness as we image Christ together? See, this deal is a together deal. We tend to want to think it's just me deal. It's a together deal. It's the body of Christ that images Christ. Together. Are you a disembodied believer? And then finally, have you disembarked at your destination, the go piece, the making the disciples piece? Are you going out to make disciples uh, with the gospel in a ministry? Are you seeking to be equipped and equipped one another for fruitful gospel ministry? Listen, the ultimate goal is this. We've been saved by God. The gospel. God has found us and saved us and adopted us when we were orphans. He's given us his favor when we deserved his wrath. And he's done that in Christ. And he's done that that we might then connect with others. He's connected us to himself. That we might connect with others. That we might grow into the image of Christ corporately. And that we might go and make disciples together. Let us trust our great God who is with us empowering us this morning by the Spirit with the gospel to make disciples. Let us pray. Worship team, would you please join me for the final song? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord God, I pray that you would give us your grace. Father, I pray that that these words would fall upon us, Lord, with grace, with your mercy, with your peace. A peace that passes understanding would guard our hearts and minds. Lord, I I pray that you would continue to build your church as we study your word and humbly come to conclusions about the process, Lord, and that we would be united in the process. Lord, you know that it's always difficult to unite, but, but Lord, as we look at your word, you gather people to bless them. Unity is a blessing. It's It's when you want to judge a people that you scatter them. When everybody has their own idea of what it looks like and they're all trying to do their own thing and that's rarely a time of blessing. And and Lord, too often we find ourselves there because of the fall. Would you gather us underneath your word, underneath your vision and may there be grace as we humbly work together in gospel unity. As Paul said, that we would maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Jesus, you're the Prince of Peace. Lord, I pray that you would unite us, that we might be one, that the world would know that the Father sent the Son. Lord, that your elect would hear your word, that they would come to life in that due season, in that perfect moment, when you use us to say and do the word that will bring them salvation. Lord, it's, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.